Welcome to Insight into Teaching Intro Psychology, a McGraw-Hill informative audio series. These podcasts feature subject matter experts, instructors, and authors discussing psychology-related topics in higher education. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Insight into Teaching Psychology podcast. The following is an excerpt from our recent Student Success podcast in which Bob Feldman, Claudia Lantman, and Kimberly Duff talk about mentorship and mentorship opportunities with your students. So without further ado, a clip from our recent episode. Bob and Claudia, do you guys, do you have the opportunity to, to mentor undergraduates to take them to conferences at all or? Yeah, this is Claudia. Uh, I, I really took the mentorship role very, very seriously for the first couple of decades of teaching and actually, uh, encourage many of my students to publish with me, go to conferences, present their own research. I supervised dozens of undergraduate honors theses, many of which got published in their own right. And I think that opportunity for students to become researchers, to become authors, to contribute to published work is the thing that gave them, many of them, the confidence to know that they could go on to graduate school and become successful and and you know one of the one of the things i really liked to do in intro psych is to put little notes on people's papers or send them little um messages that said hey you know um i see a future for you here uh are you interested in in getting involved in in um, some research so I think that taking that, that extra step to point out, and, and it's not always pointing it out to an A student. Sometimes it's pointing it out to a, a B or a C student who's struggling, but who clearly has potential to point that out and point that person in a direction they might not have been going. And, and I'm kind of thinking right now about a particular student that I had in a general psych class about 20 years ago and he was a first-generation college student. Uh, this was his first semester in college, and he asked really insightful questions in class. He struggled a bit on exams, and his writing was not great. It, it, was, it needed a lot of work, but there were just such incredible gems in, in his writing and his questions, just showed such insight into the material. And I said, you know, hey, are you, are you going to be a psych major? And, and I would love to be your advisor and, you know, uh, come and see me and let's talk sometime. And, and we did that. And this person who I think fit the profile of a person who's highly likely to drop out of college after their first semester or year went on to to do an undergraduate honors thesis and to get into a PhD program. And he's now a, a psychologist. And I think had that little note not been there that said, you know, you've got potential here. I want to see you succeed. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he would have. So I think that, that what we can do with those kinds of opportunities, opening them up to students from the most basic, just come see me and talk to me, all the way up to 
let's get involved in my research. Help me do research for a textbook. Help me write a paper. Help me do this. Those opportunities are everything for our students. They are, the, in some ways, the most important things that we can do for them. Yeah, I, that's, yeah a, that's a I, great I, story. Yeah, yeah, I you know I so agree with that for for students. I I think we forget the kind of power that we have in the sense of if we go to a student and proactively say to them, you know, I you know I I see something in you. Would you be interested in working with me as a research assistant, or would you be working interested in working on a senior honors thesis? You know that. To a student can be absolutely life changing because um, you know it, it it harkens back to something we talked about earlier. A lot of our students don't know how good they are and what potential they have. And by explicitly approaching a student, and say, "Hey, you know, think about think about working in my lab." It, it can be a, a life changing event for me. You know, it's 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 I've I've gained lifetime friendships, not just you know seeing people succeed, but grown to you know follow these students as they um as their own careers unfold and it's been one of the most satisfying aspects of teaching to me Absolutely. you know wouldn't it be interesting wouldn't it be interesting if we could get a group of students together aj i think i've got a new idea for a podcast to have a bunch of students <laughs> talk about what has enabled them to be successful if we, we could hear directly from them and see if it confirms yeah, yeah. these ideas that we're generating Right. I like it. We, we do have a student podcast in the works, but I like that as a topic. It's funny. My husband's also a social psychologist. We went to, to grad school together, and he tells this story, you know, um, about when he was an undergrad at the University of Minnesota and, you know, was taking courses with, uh, you know, a thousand of his closest friends. <laughs> and uh, he had a, uh, I think it was a media and psychology course when he was a junior. And the, the professor, he was a journalism major uh, at that time. And the professor said, hey, you know, you should go to grad school in psychology. And, and he said, what's grad school? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that comment, you know, from a professor changed the entire course of his life. And, and so I think, Bob, you said it beautifully that we have power as professors. Um, we are empowered as professors to touch people's future, you know, to, to change their lives. And we do that every day, you know, in the classroom and online and in all the things we do. But I think that outreach, that personal outreach that shows a student not only that we care about them, but that they that they have potential uh, to do great things. I think is probably the most important thing that we can do, and the thing that really that really means so much to our students, particularly those who don't yet envision a future self in the the career world, who don't yet have that that future picked out and and in their mind um, as to what that will look like. I think we have the, the opportunity to help shape that for them and to open up the world. And I think that that's a, that's a really cool part of what we do. Absolutely. 
All right, Claudia, Bob, Kimberly, you know, thank you. I, I agree that the personal outreach is really critical in shaping students' lives who maybe don't know what they want to do yet. And you know, I think one place where people tend to get tripped up or see a barrier is at two-year schools where maybe those opportunities don't seem as abundant. But Kimberly, you teach at a two-year school, and I know you've been able to find a lot of opportunities for your students. Can you talk a little bit about that? Thanks. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I know when I first started teaching at a community college, I was even surprised that there wasn't always financial support for our students when we wanted to take them to conferences or do research. And so I had to kind of get creative and, and think of some different ways to do that. And so at first, what I started out doing and what some of my colleagues do as well is we would take students that were honor students that wanted to do some kind of independent study project. And we would start out working with them kind of one on one outside of the classroom. And then we were able to find that throughout the country, there are a lot of honors conferences for students, not just in psychology, but all disciplines that would support the students coming to present their work. And what started happening very quickly when we would take one or two students is the word would kind of spread and other students would hear that they would have the opportunity to present some of their work that they were doing um, for part of their course and that they would also have the opportunity to travel. And after about a couple of years, students started approaching me and other faculty members in the psych department and said they were really interested in getting some experience with research out of the classroom. Now, the other opportunity that our students have, I know it's not offered at every community college, but we do offer a research methods and psychology course. And so those students conduct their own novel research. And I always try to find out if there are conferences local to our area where we don't necessarily have to you know, fly on an airplane and, and get a hotel. And then we can accompany students to those conferences. So, for example, the American Psychological Association has regional conferences in every area. Um, and in fact, this year we're quite fortunate. Our regional conference is just about a 30 minute drive. So we're going to be able to take some students um, and then to also help offset the cost for that. We were able to work with both our student activities group and also our campus has a foundation, which I think these campuses do. And when they hear about the wonderful work that these students are doing, they were more than happy to either match funds that we would raise um, with the students doing some fundraisers on campus, or they would out and out pay for the students. And I think what really was valuable is once our kind of campus culture kind of changed and realized the value of these students doing the research, and presenting our college at these conferences, now they are really supportive of these students. And we've been very lucky to get support um, financially for the students and for the faculty um, to take them to conferences, even when they're out of state. For example, we'll be taking some students to Chicago to go to a conference this summer. And so I think, you know, there's some creative ways to try to get funding, but one of the important things is to make sure that your campus sees the value in research, right? Because a community college, the main focus is on teaching. Um, so when we come back from conferences, we make sure that the college student newspaper does an article on the student. We make sure that we go back to a board meeting and we thank the board members. And so they really start to see the value in the research. And that's been really beneficial for us in terms of supporting our students. That's great. So you're working a little bit inside out the organization there, but you also mentioned the Honor Society as an opportunity to get students uh, mentorship opportunities. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Sure, I think that's really valuable. Um, and both at the two-year level and at the four-year level, um, there's the National Honor Society of Psi Beta and for Psi Chi, and people can look that up online. And if you don't already have a chapter, you can reach out to anyone who's on the council and find out how to start a chapter. Um, probably being in Psy Chi has been one of the most rewarding, or Psy Beta rather, um, has been one of the most rewarding experiences for me professionally. Um, and we do a lot of work directly with our sister organization, Psy Chi, at the four-year level. What's great is that both Psy Beta and Psy Chi offer scholarships to students, but also to chapters at their, at their local institution that would support them financially to travel to conferences and even to publish their work as an undergraduate. And I think supporting this students this way goes back to what Claudia was saying. You know, it doesn't even have to be an A student. It could be a B student or a C student that we reach out to and provide them with these opportunities. And this can be the opportunity that really cements for them their desire to pursue a graduate degree in psychology or pursue this professionally. Um, so I think Psy Beta and Psy Chi are wonderful resources for all faculty and students um, to take a look at simply because of the support that they provide for the undergraduate. That's awesome advice. While we're on the topic, Kimberly, I know you've done a great deal of research into mentorship I'm wondering if you could share maybe your three best tips uh, in the field of mentorship and mentoring students for some of our listeners. Well, three best tips for mentoring. Well, it could be an exhaustive list, but I'll, I'll try to condense it down. Um, so over the years that, that I've been teaching at my community college, I've been there for about 20 years, uh, many of my former students are, are now colleagues of mine, um, which, which is really wonderful to see. And I think when I speak with them about mentoring, you know, one of the things that helps a mentoring relationship is to make sure that the mentor is guiding the mentee and not dictating what the mentee should do. For example, you know, when I was younger and I first started teaching and, and was very eager, um, I thought I should encourage everybody to go on and, and get a PhD and, and do it in my field of social psychology because that, that was the best field. And then in working with my students, I started realizing that that was not my role to tell them what to do. My role was to guide them and find out what their strengths were and to help them achieve what they would like to accomplish. And so what that means for some of my students that um, started out as psych majors is maybe they went on to get a degree in social work or nursing. Um, so rather than me kind of dictating for them what they should do, I think it's important for the mentor to kind of guide the mentee along the path of what they would like to do. Um, I think probably the second tip, um, which would be pertinent for both mentors and mentees, is even if it's an informal mentoring relationship, um, is to set aside time to kind of outline what the goals are for the mentoring relationship. So both the mentor and the mentee have kind of expectations and they make sure that they're not disappointed. You know, everybody has different expectations and, and perceptions when they're entering a relationship. And I think it's important to articulate those at the beginning of the mentoring relationship. My third tip for mentoring would be to celebrate the successes of the students. And what I mean by celebrating their successes is to kind of show your mentees unconditional support and unconditional love. Um, because even the smallest success 
um, can be really instrumental in their continued success. So for example, if I have a mentee that receives an award, I try to show up when they're receiving the reward. I send them a card congratulating them, you know, so they can share that with their family. And I found that that tends to be really important for the students because a lot of times they may not have somebody to celebrate those successes. And I think it's really important for the in the mentor role to show that unconditional support for all the successes that your students have. So those would be my, my three tips, my three top tips for mentoring. Well, thank you for sharing. I think those are three great tips. Okay, this has been our bonus episode focusing on mentorship and mentorship opportunities for students from within the Student Success Podcast. Thank you for taking a listen, and we hope to see you next time. This has been a McGraw-Hill production. Thank you for listening.